When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day guys, on this show we are going through the Western Conference and the free agency moves made by all those teams and what implications it has on the fantasy season for 2021. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to Jack! Not a game, not a game, we talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination, this is the journey. Welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA. Once again, I am joined with my co-host, Callum Mack. How you doing, man? Doing pretty well. It is fantasy time of the year, Mitchie, and uh, we got the Western Conference to talk about. I'm excited. Fantasy time of year. It's season two of the Ball Boys uh, podcast. This is our second time doing a, a fantasy basketball preseason, so if you're a new-time viewer, welcome along. Um, good to have you here. Uh, quick question before we get started here, Cal. When are you getting on? Uh, when are you get on the tweets? What's what's going on there? That, that, that's a good question. I've, I've had a lot of people coming ask asking me in the streets like, when are you going to do it? Demands hot. And look, Demand I'm saying hot. it's only a matter of time. It will happen. <laughs> I, I will hit you guys up and um, just make sure you add me straight away. Obviously. Jeez. Okay, we're building that suspense. So whenever Callum's on Twitter, we'll, we'll let you know straight away. But in the meantime, you can follow me and I'll speak on both of our behalfs uh, at Ball Boys NBA. So um, yesterday we went through the. Eastern Conference uh, fantasy implications. If you uh, haven't seen that video or haven't checked out that podcast, uh, you can do that uh, pretty easily. I'll probably leave a link in the description in the um, YouTube comments section or the description down there. So check that out. Today we're going through the Western Conference. Last podcast went a bit longer than I thought, so we'll get straight into it. We're going to go into Dallas first. The Dallas Mavericks. Um not a whole lot happening here. The, probably the biggest side of things is the loss of J- Josh Richardson for them. Um, they've brought in players like JJ Redick, Moses Brown, and Reggie Bullock. So a couple of little rotation pieces there. Uh, Moses Brown coming in over that from that trade that um, sent Richardson over there as well. Um, what are the what are the biggest implications for their free agency here in Dallas? Here, Cal. Um, to some degree, I think it is getting um, a bit of a coaching change. Uh, I will think that it will bring Chris Stubbs a bit more in, into the offense. So I think that is a boost for his stock. Um, keep in mind, last season he was coming off the injury. They did ease him back a fair bit. He should be 100% ready to go this season. He shouldn't be resting a whole lot of games. 
um, I, I think he is worth, um, you know, similar to what he was putting up a couple of years ago when he was kind of like that, that 30-ish kind of value in terms of blocks and threes and rebounds and points. Yeah, and um, we're going to do a show on this later in the um, in the preseason, but he's a bit of a fantasy unicorn in the sense that he, he puts up uh, good block numbers on good free throw percent shooting and hits the threes, which is a very rare combination in fantasy. Um, so on particular builds, he can be extremely valuable if you're trying to look after your free throw percentage and still compete in blocks. So for that reason, I think he gets a boost in value. Obviously, you've got to take into account the injury risk. Um, those knees seem to play up every single year. Um, not injured at the moment, which is good. Uh, so that helps his stock. And for that reason, I probably agree with you that he is probably like the end of the second, start of the third round sort of thing. Um, I do like you, the fact that you mentioned the coaching change. Are we? Are you expecting like a faster pace under the new uh, system or, or is it just featuring Porzingis more that gets you excited? I think it's just going to fe- feature Porzingis a bit more. I think that's the main thing. He's, he's a winner. Um, and then I think Luca will still do his Luca things. He look. Keep in mind, he averaged about twenty-eight, eight, and eight um, last season. I don't see that really go anywhere because he did pretty much those same averages the year before. Yep. He he is. I think you lock him in for those kind of numbers. Um, I just yep. think that with the new coaching system, we'll have Chris Stubbs lead a bit more, especially in the second unit. They'll probably stagger the minutes. Um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. I think will put up similar numbers. He played pretty well last season. So yep. those are the three guys that screw at me for draft potential. Yep. Um, otherwise, it's a bit of a drop-off after that. Yeah, there's a lot of guys who are averaging in those minutes in the 20s that aren't really sort of draftable players. Maybe you're streaming them along when there's injuries or something like that, or if you need a particular position, uh, sorry, or a stat. Uh, but yeah, and even Tim Hardaway Jr., he's he's the back-end sort of part of the, your roster there with, with just points and threes, really, and, and literally nothing else. He, doesn't, he provides next to nothing in terms of assists and rebounds. So, um, Although he will probably get more minutes with Josh Richardson not on the team anymore. Let's move on um, to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, again, not a whole lot happening here. They did get a, a little sneaky addition in Jeff Green coming over and signing with them. Um, they also have Bones Highland joining from the draft as well. So, Again, not a lot happening here. We've obviously got the injury to Jamal Murray here. What's going to be happening with that? At the moment, I've got Monty Morris selected as their starting point guard. Would you agree with that? What about Compazzo? Yeah, I had. I, I, it was a toss-up. I think Monty Morris impressed me more in the playoffs, and I think building off that momentum, that's why I selected him here as the point guard. But Compazzo is obviously the other guy that I, I considered there. Um, would you pick? I, I'd say Compazzo, but I'm I'm still not too sure of either. Like, would either warrant? Maybe they're both a flyer in the last round, but they're not going to be huge assets for you. I, I think Compazzo is probably the highest ceiling in terms of fantasy. Like, as fantasy coaches, we want him to be the one that's starting because he's going to be he's going to have the assists, he's going to have the steals. Monty Morris is probably not going to be like that, but again, that's also why I think Morris is better suited to a lineup with Jokic in it because you want the ball in Jokic's hands. Kabatso can kind of run that second unit, but at the yeah, like like you sort of said, I think it's a wash for both of them fantasy wise. Anyway, um, I'm also keeping a very close eye on Michael Porter Jr. He obviously impressed last year, had a rocky start. Uh, we had him in a um, a, a few by low videos or or potential drops <laughs> we were getting a bit worried at there at one point of the season but he came home like a steam train hit a high percentage of his three pointers had a good free throw uh, sorry field goal percentage uh, scored well I think he's going to take another step forward this year so where where are we thinking Michael Porter Jr. is going to end up uh, in in this season or where are you comfortable drafting him 
to give you an idea, he was the 42nd ranked player last year in a punt turnover build. I think you could um you could slot him into the you could even go as high as the third round just because his percentages are so good in in terms of he really does do it all too on the gets about point seven steals point nine blocks which doesn't hurt you uh, I guess the steals are pretty bad but the, look the blocks can help um, the assists are obviously are pretty terrible if you're doing a yeah, assist team he's a a great prospect but um, the threes are there the points are there the, uh, it's really the um the field goal, the, the field goal is is yeah. such a, a carry for your team yeah the field goals are huge and the fact that he's doing that with um you know good good threes um, i think the points are going to go up. i can i definitely think he'll be a plus 20 points per game scorer this year um and i just think that he's going to continue to grow uh, i'm still referencing that prediction that i made um back in i think it was during the bubble when when Jamal Murray was going off that I said that Michael Porter Jr. will be the second best player on this team. And I'm standing by it. I think that the injury obviously helps, but I, I'm really I'm really high on Michael Porter Jr. I think he I think he's got a high ceiling to his game. Um, especially if he starts to work on his ball handling and passing ability. So um, all in on Michael Porter Jr. Let's go on to the Golden State Warriors. A bit of bit of movement here. Uh, they've obviously lost Kelly Oubre Jr. They also got rid of Eric Pascal as well. Um, trade in for a second round pick. They've added a couple of rookies in Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, but also signed Otto Porter Jr. and Nemenya Bilitsa. Um, so what can we expect firstly from, uh, I'll, I'll lump James Wiseman into this category as well. What can we expect from the rookies Moody and Kaminga and James Wiseman this year uh, for Fantasy Cal? Um, I still wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't even draft any of them. I wouldn't be drafting Moody. I wouldn't be drafting Kaminga. I wouldn't be drafting Wiseman. <laughs> If that answers your question. Fair enough. You you wouldn't be drafting Wiseman? I mean, is he really going to start? Like, who's to say they're not going to go Draymond and Bielitsa? Yeah, look, I could see it. It really depends on how much he's progressed over the offseason. Look, I'd be happy to take a flyer on Wiseman again, um, just because there is such a hole at center there. I mean, you've got Kevon Looney. Like, are we really... Are we really doing the Kevon Looney thing again? Are we are we starting Draymond at center exclusively? I think he's better in there in short spurts. So I just just because the opportunity is is there, I, I do like Wiseman. And look, he can't be worse than last year, can he? Can he be worse? Surely. Surely surely you'd think he takes a jump, right? Like yeah. you'd have to you'd have to say that. Like put his so, just play on display a bit. But look, once again, I'm, I still wouldn't be surprised if Linny does start or Bielitsa starts for that matter. <laughs> look, you know I'm not the biggest Wiseman fan. I'm not the biggest Wiseman fan. But uh, I think if the roster stays this way, I'm happy to take the punt again. Um, but it, it would have to be one Where of my last, last two or three picks. Yeah. It, it would it'd be quite late. It'd be in the hundreds um, just because I'm not sold of his abilities to be a good basketball player um, and you need that to get on the court so um, I, I probably agree with you with Moody and Kaminga I think it would require an injury this season for them to get in there but if it does happen you know it's probably worth scooping up on the wire just to see I'm obviously higher on Moody than Kaminga if you have listened to any of our draft content um, what about Clay Thompson he might not be ready for the start of the season do you, do you have you heard anything about whether he's going to be ready for the season opener? Um, I think he, apparently he's been looking good. Um, he's been doing some some drills. I'm not too sure if he will be there for st- the starting date, but he's definitely going to be pretty close. I wouldn't expect him to sit much of the season out to begin. Yeah, uh, look, I think I think he is probably going to be not ready. Uh, he might miss 
uh, this first week or two, and then even when he's back, he might be slow to come back in. So little short-term move. Um, I like the look of Jordan Poole, who is someone who might have a little bit of value to play next to Steph Curry, puts up points, puts up threes, good field goal percentage, uh, sorry, free throw percentage. Um, so he's someone who might have some short-term value, or even a Moses Moody might have some short-term value before Clay Thompson gets back. But once Clay's back and in action, the value for all those guys sort of drops away. So um, just something I thought I'd throw out there in case um, we do find out that Clay misses more time than we expect. All right, let's move down to the next team, and it is the Houston Rockets. Now, the Houston Rockets, obviously very busy on draft day. They've got a lot of young rooks coming in, Jalen Green, Alperen Sengun, Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher, and they've also signed Daniel Tice, another really random signing. We, we talked about Kelly Oubre signing with the Detroit in the last podcast, who was one of their losses, but they've gone and replaced him with Daniel Tice, who doesn't fit this team's timeline at all. Um, it just makes things very confusing. So what are, what are your thoughts on the Houston Rockets uh, offseason? Um, look, I think that they're going to be my NBA league pass team to watch. I think they're going to be very exciting to watch. I agree. Um, I actually really like this roster. I yeah. really do. I've got um, Christian Wood. He'll be, he'll be putting up similar stats again from a fantasy point of view. I think Sengun's going to put up a great fantasy season. We, we've spoken about him before. Yeah. He is climbing on a lot of people's um, boards, draft boards, just for that very reason. In, in summer league, he is killing it. He's averaging about 18, 11, and four blocks in the past first two games. Take that for data. Yeah, he is he is absolutely killing it. Like this man is um he's he's a fantasy beast and all he needs is minutes. I tweeted out today um Alperin Sangoon um getting minutes equals fantasy stats. Like this guy just puts it up and um he'd be someone uh, we talked about a few rookies in we'll talk a few more in today's podcast and we talked some last podcast. He'd be someone I'd be comfortable drafting um at the back end of the the um the draft. Do you think he starts opening night? I think he does. There's no reason why he would not start. Like, is, I mean, yes, Daniel Tars is a better player than him right now, but maybe they brought him in to be the vet. Maybe he's a trade chip. I don't know. Um, but Sangoon is the Turkish MVP we're talking about right now. And and I think he will be starting from day one. He's going to be a stat um, king. He can do it all. Um, threes, steals, blocks. He put four blocks. Yeah, averaging four blocks a game. Yeah, in, four in, blocks in, in like twenty-five league. minutes a night as well. Um, the man, the man is really good. The man is really, really good. Um, I, I, I don't know if he starts opening night. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not convinced. Like, I think he should, and I think he eventually will start. Um, whether it's opening night or not, I'm unsure. But I will be willing to draft him, see what happens, and even through the first few weeks, just hold him even if he's not starting because I don't think it will take long for him to get in there um, and get acclimated. I think he works well with Christian Wood, who's probably a better rim protector, a better athlete. Uh, but Sangoon's got that passing ability. He's got that... Um, and and Christian Wood could, can, can cover his defensive... Um, well, I shouldn't say Christian Wood's a great defender, but at least he can sort of um, move a bit quicker than Sangoon can. Talk to me about John Wall. What the hell's going on with John Wall? How long are we expecting him to be on this roster? Slash, is he getting shut down? What what the hell's happening with John Wall this year? Uh, I, I'd be expecting, obviously it doesn't fit their timeline, um, but they might as well try and get something out of him. Um, they did trade, did they trade an asset? No, they got an asset back yeah. um, in, the, in the Westbrook trade. So yeah. they, they'd be tra- probably trying to move him. They, because I think he might be expiring, not this season, but maybe the year or the he year after. So they may have to keep hold of him, which means... Similar to last season, there'll be some rest. There'll be some games of rest. He'll be frustrating to own, I think, once again. 
Um, yeah. He was, I remember he was projected 50 last season and he definitely did not put up that kind of value. Yeah. Um, he, I'm looking at now 147 is the Yahoo overall rank, um, which doesn't really help you a whole lot. But that being said, when he played, he gave you points and assists um, like he always did. Um, he does fit a punt field goal build. So if you are going to take the risk and you have the punt field goal, maybe he is a flyer. Yeah, I think he's a very late guy for me and only in a certain build because just the headache of the resting and the potential shutdown risk to me is just really, really high. So uh, it's definitely outside the top 100, um, probably outside the top 120 for me as well. It's just, there's just too many red flags for me. Um, he might even just become a backup because they're just going to go full youth movement on this roster. Kevin Porter Jr. might turn into their starting point guard. Jalen Green's probably better at the shooting guard. Uh, but look, at this stage, I've got him as their starting point guard on opening night, but with very little confidence, very little confidence at this stage. Uh, let's move on to the LA Clippers. And um, what, I guess the biggest thing for them is that they're without this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi Leonard obviously is um, had his ACL reconstruction um, in the playoffs. He will be missing most, if not the entire season. Um, he is not someone that I would bother drafting and stashing. It's just too unknown. The injury is too long-term, and I've learned my lesson from last year. What do you think that means for the rest of the roster? Because they, they don't have too many um, ads. They've just drafted a few guys, and Keon Johnson being the main one. Um, no one else has really left the roster. Reggie Jackson's still there. So what do you think is the impact of um, Kawhi Leonard's injury on this roster this year? I think it's um it's once again Paul George will be if not he might even be a late first round pick around the ten to twelve position he'll be he'll he'll definitely have a boost and also Reggie Jackson Reggie Jackson is definitely a must draft player for this next season um, I would be even be uh, look I wouldn't be surprised if he averages eighteen to twenty points this season and and he, with five assists um, yes he doesn't steal the ball he does hurt you there but in the mid rounds Reggie can definitely be worthwhile he'll be back to his kind of Detroit form. But I think um, he will be a bit more efficient because um, he did have a pretty bad field goal there. He's surrounded by better players, better spacing than on that Detroit team. So I, I definitely think he's worth a mid-round, so, um, maybe the 60, 70 range. So you're, you're predicting a continuation of All-Star Reggie? All-Star Reggie. He's yeah. back. Okay. All right. Let's let's uh, throw one of these ones on it. Guaranteed! <laughs> All-Star Reggie is back, says Callum. Uh, look, I'm maybe a little bit less high on Reggie. I think... Look, I don't know. Uh, I think he's definitely the draftable player. I think he's probably, between him and Paul George, the only draftable players on this roster. There's just a whole lot of eh on this on this team. You know, Batum, Morris, Zubac. You know, what's going on with uh, Ibaka? I don't know. Luke Kennard, Keon Johnson. Terrence Mann is someone that you know gets me a little bit excited if we start seeing him in starting lineups. But outside of that, it's just there's a whole lot of whatever on this roster. So uh, for me, it's it's probably Paul George and Reggie Jackson are the only two players that I'm looking at drafting on uh, in in standard leagues. That that is. Would you agree? Yeah, agreed. Like Batum, he does have the defensive stats. Um, if you're a punt like points team, then uh, Batum yep. is quite valuable. He he will be taken on draft day. Um, don't get me wrong, he definitely will be. So just keep that in mind. He just doesn't. Um, he's not a. A high flyer like the other guys. Yeah, he won't be taken by me, that's for sure. Uh, let's move on to the <laughs> other LA team, the Lakers. Um, obviously, the big trade 
They brought in Russell Westbrook, um, and as a result, they had no one left on their roster, so they've got quite a few ins and outs, so bear with me. We've got uh, Russell Westbrook, Malik Mulk, uh Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Trevor Reza, Kent Bazemore, all as ins. They've lost um, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and Alex Caruso um, as their sort of notable additions and losses. Um, what the hell's going on with this roster? Uh, who's starting? outside of Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Do you think that Anthony Davis finally starts the center, or are they being stubborn as all hell and going to start Marcus Gasol next to him and play 12 minutes? Uh, look, I think they probably will still give him like the 10 minutes. They might even start Dwight and let Dwight play 10 minutes like they did in the playoffs. Um, but he's still, look, he'll still be closing games at the center position. He will get the minutes there. Um, let's be honest, he had a terrible season last season. Incredibly disappointing. A lot of players, uh, sorry, a lot of um, drafters got, took him at, with the first pick and he absolutely did not perform. Everything yep. dropped. Um, he was also injured as well, which obviously didn't help. But it, even the, the blocks were down, the, the free throw percentage dropped. It was it was really a disaster for it him. It was really, really um, weird. The 30th ranked player last year. Like that is that is a huge drop off from your pick one or two, which is where he was being taken. Exactly. So um, I still think he's a first rounder. He, this is obviously going to affect him. He'll drop to the later Um pick up of, of the first round, yeah. but he's still a lock. Russell Westbrook, he was a bit of a second round the last season with LeBron James. I'm not too sure how that will work out. The thing is, Russ still gets stats. He always does get stats. <laughs> he always um, does. Yeah. I, I still see him getting picked up in the third round. Um, just remember how much he really did hurt you to begin the season. He was shocking to have um, to begin the season, but then he powered through it and he, he played really, really well. So, um, look, th- this is an interesting lineup. Um, th- they need some three-point shooters. I actually wouldn't even mind taking a flyer at Ellington in the late rounds or Monk because um, I feel like they will just be have a lot of open shots and they'll be hit a lot of threes. Yeah, I think, yeah, look, for me, it's I'm not drafting anyone outside of those three players, but um, look, they're probably more specialists. Like if, you, if you're looking for a three-point streamer or, you know, like a, a, I wouldn't even say point streamer because LeBron and Westbrook and Davis are going to take up all the points on this team. Um if I'm targeting anyone with any sort of upside outside of those three, it's probably Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, I think is maybe a winner after this whole um, sort of thing going on because I think he's clearly the youngest and most talented player on their roster outside of those big three. Um, I do like what he can bring in terms of points, rebounds, assists, uh, threes. Uh, he can give me some steals. So I like him. I just, with Westbrook and LeBron James on the team, he's probably not someone that fits in with them in terms of style. He, he kind of needs a ball in his hands, I think, a little bit more than those other guys. So that might not, he might not be the guy that sort of pops while these guys are on the roster. Um, Westbrook. I want to talk about Westbrook. In terms of where you're comfortable drafting him, I, every year, I swear it's going to be the year that Westbrook just falls off a cliff and the athleticism just, you know, isn't there because he's been playing like this reckless wrecking ball for his entire career um, and he's getting up there in age. Is is this the year? Like, when are you, when are you wanting to draft Westbrook? Um, it, it, it is a really good question. It really is a good question because he, he really can be so good. Um, he, he put up in the last three months, um, which is probably the last month of the season itself, he was... 25, 13 rebounds, and 15 assists. Yeah. Just, just staggering numbers and from a fantasy Crazy. point of view. 1.5 steals as well. Um, huge. It, it's, it, it is tough to say what he's going to be like with LeBron. I, obviously, it's going to come down. I'm not too sure what his three-point field goal is going to be like either. 
He's honestly a mystery to me. I wouldn't yeah. it, look if he slides after the thirtieth pick, and my first round pick does like cater for what he brings to the yeah. table because he, he obviously has the turnovers. Um, the free he can have percentage, the field goal percentage. Exactly. Uh, if he fits your build, Threes. if you, I don't know if you picked up if you picked up Paul George to begin with, and then you end up Russell Westbrook, you could maybe go for I don't know a punt field goal or, or something. But then you got the free throws as well. Yeah. Look. Uh... Yeah, I'd I say thirties. I'd say around the thirty mark. I think he's more of a free throw punt than a field goal percentage punt because if you've got the free throw punt, you've got a lot of guys usually that have good field goal percentage as well. Yeah, you, you'll have your, uh, you know, your Giannis's or your Ben Simmons or, or, or someone like that that can sort of take his field goal percentage more so than his free throw percentage. Um, but then you've also got to take into the, the injury risk. Um, you know, is he going to lose assists? If he's going to lose assists to anyone in the league, it's going to be LeBron James. It has to be. It has to be LeBron James. If he's not going to take a dip in stats against uh, when he's playing with LeBron, he's just never going to do it. He's he's never going to concede that at all. Um, so I think he takes a hit in some of those raw numbers. The percentage is still going to be a concern. He was the 27th ranked player last year in a punt turnover build. So that's if you switch off turnovers, um, which is usually how I like to play. In a points league, I think he was something like the top five player. So in a points league, he's much higher value because you don't have to worry about percentages. You don't have to worry about threes. He's the perfect points league player. But in category leagues, to me, I'm not drafting him inside the top 50, personally. I just I don't think I can trust him. I think there's plenty of other value. And the downside of him either injuring himself or just doing stupid shit and just tanking my percentage categories and... Um, the, the risk with playing LeBron James, the downside there. I'm just, I'm not comfortable drafting inside the top 50, but that that's just me personally. I actually don't mind pairing him with a LeBron James if you got LeBron in the second round because they can kind of, if one, if one rests, you know, the other guy's going to put up stats, right? Um, yeah. So I don't mind that pairing. Um, I think, I think the best way to do it, yeah, is to punt three throw and maybe even a punt threes with yeah. him as well. I don't know. You, you combo it with something. So you got yeah, Giannis. Free throw percentage is, is definitely the best method of attack. So you go like a Giannis, LeBron, Westbrook, first three rounds? I reckon that's good foundation. You, you've got a lot of stats there just to begin yeah. with. And then you can get your blocks. You can get whatever you want later on. Yeah. Th- that looks like, look, you, you've locked down your assists pretty well. Um, well. I'd be pretty happy with that to begin. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I don't mind it. Um, I just, there's a lot of risk there. I think LeBron's old, Westbrook's old. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I'd want some younger guys personally um, before I pair uh, Westbrook in there, but that's just me. Maybe I'm being too frightful. All right, let's let's move on to the next team, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I think we we project these guys as one of our bright future teams um, coming up on the one of the podcasts last year. So uh, we've we've got a few. Just a couple of guys coming in and out. Steven Adams is their notable addition, as well as Eric Bledsoe in that trade on draft day. And Zaire Williams was the player they moved up to select. Uh, and they've obviously lost Valanciunas, Grayson Allen, and Justice Winslow. So I think there are a few winners on this team, personally. Um, I'll get your take first, but there is someone that I'm pretty excited about to see a little bit more of on this team. Uh, who, who do you think are any winners or losers on this team here, Cal? Um, surely Triple J should come back a bit more healthy. So yeah. surely, surely he's back. He's healthy. He'll put up fantasy value again. He's the biggest winner. Well, he's the biggest winner just by being back on the court and actually playing basketball. Um, 
where are you drafting him? Because I'm pretty scarred. I'm pretty. I'm pretty burnt by tri- Triple J. <laughs> uh, look, I know you are. I know that's why I wanted to bring him up. Uh, yeah. Look, I don't know. He can be. He can be similar to um, Chris Stubbs in terms of the unicorn stats. Yes. yes. With um, the threes, the blocks, and the good three three percentage, yeah. uh, it does help. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough combination to get. It's it's him and Chris Stubbs are probably the biggest two that come to your mind straight away. Exactly. Um, look, I, I don't know. He. He he can be really really good. That's the thing. I, I think he will be 100 percent healthy. He had a lot of rest last season. Surely he, he's up there in, in the 50s. Yeah. Look, I look as much as it, it pains me, and there's an emotional scarring there. I, I try to keep that separate. And in a player like Triple J, he's not carrying an injury right now, so I have to trust that he had surgery. All, all the only thing that was wrong was the fact they didn't communicate it correctly. Like it, it wasn't mismanaged in a sense. It just wasn't communicated to us correctly, and so we didn't have the right information when we drafted him in December. Um, you know, he was out a minute. So um, that's again something probably you want to take into account with this team, <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies. If they say they're out for a little while, probably out on another couple of weeks at least. Um, but uh, yeah, look, Triple J, he's still he's still a top fifty talent to me, um, with a little bit of a risk there, but. It would depend on my team and if I wanted those blocks and threes and that combo there. Um, I want to talk about uh, a guy who is, uh, I feel like I'm picking out all my dynasty guys here, but it's DeAnthony Melton with the loss of Grayson Allen, um, the loss of Justice Winslow there who's picking up some minutes. Um, Do we think we're going to see DeAnthony Melton um, getting 25, 26 minutes a night? Because if he does, he's a fantasy relevant player. Look, I'm not too sure we will, just because um, I think Desmond Bain could steal some minutes from him, and yep. I quite like Desmond Bain. I, I've been around the Desmond Bain bandwagon. He's been really hot in summer league, that's for sure. Um, look, at the moment, I've been I've been doing some projections, and with the with the Memphis Grizzlies, I'll just pull it up right now. I think I had both of them averaging over 26 minutes a night. Um, where is this damn Memphis Grizzlies? Here we go. Yeah, so at the moment, I've got um, Desmond Bain with 26 minutes a night, and I've got DeAnthony Melton with 24, sorry. Um, but that is giving you know players like Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks. I've, I've projected Dylan Brooks to 31 minutes a night as much as I disagree with it. But I think even in 24 minutes a night, DeAnthony Melton might be someone worth on your roster. So he is someone that I am okay with someone taking a flyer on with your sort of last or second last pick on draft night, because he is a random guard that has a high per minute upside. And if he gets an injury or something like that, and he can move into that starting lineup, gets 30 minutes a night, you're looking at someone who can put up top 75 sort of numbers. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Look, Adam, to your watch list. I know, I know, he'll be on yours. He'll be on mine, and and if it's up to me, he's he's um he's not going undrafted on draft night personally. Uh, just as a little flyer. Um, what about the center position? How many minutes can we expect from Stephen Adams on this team? Is he is he starting, or do they go with someone like a Xavier Tillman? I, I definitely think he will start, and then they they still have Brendan Clark as the backup, who I think is probably he, he he's a winner in terms of fantasy because he. He is a pretty good permanent guy. And um, Steven, I don't see him playing as much minutes as JV because JV was a walking 20 and 10 monster um, for fantasy last season. So I'd say Brandon Clark is um, a winner here, definitely. And they could even play Triple J at the five. Yeah. So, um, but in the scheme of things, Steven Adams didn't fit that New Orleans teams at all. Um, I'd probably even say his value goes up as well. 
Yeah, look, uh, I'm going to push back on that. I don't, I don't think he fits the this team either, personally. I think Stephen Adams just doesn't fit the NBA really anymore. But um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's shut down or traded or something at the end of this season or towards the end of the season. I've got him as a starter at the moment. But I've been really liking what um, Xavier Tillman's been showing in Summer League. Uh, he's a versatile, uh, small center, but plays well alongside someone like a Jaron Jackson Jr. who can sort of cover his ability uh, to rim protect, which he doesn't display as much of. But great passer, um, a good shooter for the center position as well. So another one that, again, probably not as high on him as Anthony Melton, but someone who I would be keeping on my watch list as a potential breakout candidate or, or sort of a late-round flyer, depending on what happens with Stephen Adams and how much center time uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. does get. Uh, let's move on to Minnesota. Uh, this one will be really short. They have added no one, and they have lost Ricky Rubio. So I guess you could say... The, uh, the winner here is D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carlton Towns a little bit with all getting slight boosts to their assists. But other than that, Cal, there's, there's not too much else going on here. Where, where are you going to draft um, Anthony Edwards? Where, where are you going to put him? See, he's a tough one because he was so bad at the start of the year, but then he was so good for the second half Because he wasn't the starting the start of the year, and then he was starting. He secured the starting job. I'd have to look. Where where did he end up finishing in rank? He's, he's well, one well, I let me put some numbers out there for you. Yeah, in his me. last 12 games, okay? Yeah. His last 12 games, he put up 25 points a game, 6.3 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.9 blocks. It's pretty good. Shooting about 50, uh, so about 50% from the field. Was he really shooting 50% from the field? That surprises me. 49.3% from the field. Wow. Okay. Well, those those are top. They're top thirty numbers, really. Like that's that, that, that's it was twenty ninth uh, through for that period. Yeah, there you go. Um, look, I, I'm not picking him that high. I think, <laughs> I think he, he's probably a top fifty pick. Um, he's probably closer to fifty to me, but uh, that's a big improvement to where I thought he'd be uh, in his second year. So, uh, on the season, he was in a punt turnover build, the hundredth ranked player on the dot. But like you said, finish really strong. So it's whether or not we choose to look at the end of the season and ignore the start of the season, or we. Take yeah, well, you have to. I think you have to with him, just because, as I said, he was coming off the bench to begin the season. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that was a lot without a player like Malik Beasley wasn't there, um, who is a chucker. He, he likes to put up shots. So, look, I, I don't know. I, and, I, and we got Delo back. Uh, Deontay Russell is back. I think him and Carlton Towns will be. Um, that chemistry worked well together. Even when uh, D'Angelo Russell was coming off the bench a bit, when they staggered him back into the lineup from his injury, he was still putting up numbers. Um, so I actually think his value, assuming he is healthy, that's the one thing that really hurt him last season was his health. But um, he was putting up 19 points a game and six assists, and, and that is valuable. So I said I said around the 50 mark. Where, where are you picking him? Um, I yeah, look 50 to 60. I'd say, I'd okay. say more 60, but okay. that, that's helpful. Cool. All right. For a second there, I thought you were going to go higher than that. And I was like, okay. So I, it turns out I'm the higher one on, on Anthony Edwards. <laughs> um, I also want to just touch quickly on Jaden McDaniels. I've projected him at the uh, starting power forward position at the moment. He did start at power forward a lot last year, but the minutes were kind of split between him and uh, oh, I can't quite remember who it was. You had a bit of Naz Reed um, coming in out of the lineup a bit. Yes, um, Naz Reed was there a little bit. Josh Kogi. Um, 
That's not the one who I'm talking about. Here we go. Uh, yeah, Jared Vanderbilt was the other guy who was splitting minutes there a little bit. Who's probably I think a- Layman had some minutes up there actually as well. Yeah, so it's a bit of a rotating position. Um, I think Jared, uh, sorry, Jaden McDaniels is going to be the one who grabs that position. He's looked good at summer league. He's got hard, high potential. He passes the eye test for me. He, you know, is a lanky, fluid moving um, forward. He is a good three point shooter. Great defender. Um, low usage player, so fits well with players like Russell, Edwards, and Towns. Um, so I think he's going to grab the the power forward starting position. Whether or not he gets 30 minutes a night, different question. But if he does, again, he's another person who I'm keeping a very close eye on as like a late-round flyer. If you need threes, if you need blocks. Little bit of a unicorn light type player. Um, obviously nowhere near the degree of a Joe Jackson Jr. or a Chris Upspazingas, but that similar kind of mold um, on a much lesser scale. Yeah, I would, I would just have on my watch list. I wouldn't be investing anything because he, even in the last 10 games where he was averaging 28 minutes per game, he was still wasn't giving you any fantasy relevant stats. So as a supplier, um, look, that's true. That's true. It's true. And, and he's there for the um, potential defensive stats. I think that's why you drafted. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, you're not drafting him expecting him to come out and drop 15 points a night. Um, it's for those for that defensive stats. Let's go on to the New Orleans. They've got a couple of new additions to this team. Devontae Graham, uh, Thomas Sadoransky, Trey Murphy, their draft pick, as well as Jonas Valanciunas, who they got in that trade. They've obviously lost Lonzo Ball, Stephen Adams, and Eric Bledsoe. So a few players going out who are getting lots of minutes. There's a few new opportunities here. Um, obviously, Jonas Valanciunas is probably going to slide into that starting center role. Uh, there is a position up for grab in the starting lineup at the moment. I've got Nikhil Alexander-Walker taking that shooting guard position with Devontae Graham taking the point guard position. Do you agree with those two starters there, Cal? Um, I, look, I definitely agree with Devontae Graham. I'm not too sure what the second guard's going to be at this point. Yeah, look, I think I've picked Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Trey Murphy could honestly be there as their rookie. He's looked amazing in his one summer league game so far. Um, you know, maybe Sadoransky. To, yeah, Kira Lewis Jr. is another one who's there, who though I don't think he plays as well next to a, another guard. I think he's more of a primary ball handler. Um, look, I, I think it'll be Nikhil Alexander-Walker at the end of the day. Um, Josh Hart, I think, is still a free agent at this stage. Um, so he hasn't re-signed. He might be gone as well. Um, look, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he'll put up points. He'll put up threes. So if you need those stats, he might be a late round sort of selection there, but nothing I'm super excited about. Are you Are you hyped for NAW? I'm pretty keen just to... Uh, the, it's definitely a team I'm going to keep on my watch list because um, I could see if Thomas Sadoransky gets the starting role, he could be worth as a bit of a flyer. Um, as you said, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he'll get you good threes, um, threes and, and points. His field goal is pretty pretty bad, so you probably better want to be punting that to, to bring him on board. But that being said, I could even see Kira Lewis getting some opportunity. This, even Josh Hart, maybe Josh Hart just gets the shooting guard position at Woods Point. I'd probably happily draft Josh Hart because he is a guy who could kind of do it all as well, can get you a steal, a block a game, um, even the assists, so... We'll see if he's actually on this roster by uh, the free agency. He's one that's um, still unsigned at the time of this recording. Let's go on to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they've obviously lost Al Horford and Moses Brown from this team as notable losses, and they've added a few draftees in Josh Giddy, 
Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robertson Earl, and randomly signed uh, or traded for uh, Derek Favors. Uh, they did get a pick in that trade, so obviously that's why they did it. <laughs> Big city. Yeah, so um, look, I think Derek Rose, sorry, Derek Favors is your classic try boosters value, trade him again later, and then shut him down towards the end of the season, just like we've seen from. Um, Al Horford, but probably to a lesser extent. I don't think he's going to be as much of a contributor as Al Horford was. I'm not really too hyped about drafting him at all. Um, what do we think about Josh Giddy? Is he is he in the starting lineup opening night? Um, it, well, I feel like it's him or Poku, right? Like, who, who's going to get the starting nut? Yeah, so, yeah, I think... Yeah, are they playing Poku at small forward, power forward, and moving Shea to point guard, and Dort to shoot... and. Uh, to the other guard position, or are they moving everyone down and getting Giddy in there? I think, I think it's. I think giddy. he is starting. I think it's Giddy. Do you agree? I think it is Giddy as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to watch that one. I think um, if it is Giddy starting opening night, he's someone who I would consider with one of my last couple of picks as a bit of a uh, assist upside gamble. It's pretty hard to get assists late in draft, so someone that you could definitely look at. He'll get good rebounds, six foot nine guard, so. Um, definitely some intrigue there for, for Giddy. Um, he was higher in our dynasty rankings because of that reason. Um, any other sort of intrigue to this, this roster here? What about uh, their other draft picks? Anyone who catches your eye there, Cal? Is, is there anywhere, anyone you would draft outside of SGA? And, and first, I guess, where would you draft SGA? SGA is a... Let me have a look where he was ranked. I think he's, he's closing in on a second rounder for me. Um, yeah, look, I would probably be drafting Shea close to the pick 20, pick 20 to 25 for me personally. He was, um, he was ranked 33 last year in a punt turnover build. Um, but just, just a really unique, uh, player in terms of the great percentages, um, still giving you 24 points a night. He's still young. He's the engine of this team. Um, so yeah, I think he's just going to keep getting better. So I think I think he has uh, a strong possibility he's a top twenty player to me. And, and would you draft anyone else? Uh, I'd take a flyer on Josh Giddy at the end of the draft. I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah, Darius Baisley. Not sure. Maybe you could take a flyer on uh on our our boy Poku if if you just want that. That swing of upside, maybe if he's killing in the preseason, I don't know. There'd be a lot of hype factor with Poku, I think, but um, but that'd be it. It'd only be last round, last pick sort of sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, Shay to me, top twenty. Guarantee. All right, let's let's move on to the Phoenix Suns. Another really boring one. Not a lot happening here. They've lost Javale. Sorry, they've added Javale McGee. Lost Tory Craig. We can pretty much. Move on. I think, Cal, there's not really much here to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Any bounce backs or changes in the in fantasy value here? Uh, I guess, like, maybe we could talk about Aiden had a, a great playoffs. He had a pretty bad fantasy season. He though. did. But he did have expect a, his, he stepped back. his uh, playoff form to be maintained here. He disappointed, he disappointed a lot of people last year in fantasy. I think, I think he might be overdrafted based on his fantasy playoff. Sorry, well, his playoff performances. I don't know if he's going to get back to that because his minutes were really, really high. Um, the addition of JaVale McGee, look, it's not the end of the world. Um, but outside of that, they had like no centers on that roster. So I don't know. 
I think he'll be better than last year, but probably not as good as I think people might be drafting him based on his playoff performance. But it's yet to be seen. I think he's I think he's more of a pick in the 30s rather than the 20s, where I think he might be drafted. Would you agree? Yeah, I 100% agree with everything. I'd probably say I'd draft around the 40 side of things, yeah. 30 to 40. Yeah. Good free throw shooting big man. Ah, hard to come by, so I will say that. Um, let's go on to the next team, the Portland Trailblazers. Again, another boring team. They've added Cody Zeller. Uh, they've lost Ennis Cantor, so backup centers just swapping out. <laughs> I don't know if that's an upgrade or a, or a, or a downgrade. What, what do you think? Is that upgrade or downgrade? Probably downgrade. Well, I think it's an upgrade because Enos Kanter can be so bad defensively. At least Cody can do a bit better on that end. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I think this means... I want to talk about Nurkic. What's, um, Nurkic was obviously very disappointing last year. Had a few unlucky injuries, broke his wrists, and came into the, the season off. Uh, uh, sorry, um, overweight after being overseas all year, getting stuck with COVID and things like that. But... Are we expecting a, a bounce back year for Nurkic? Um, surely it can't be worse than what it was. Um, he was projected about the 30, I think 37 is what I have on Yahoo. Um, huge. I don't know where it's going to fall this draft, but the thing is he, he does get good blocks um, and he does get really good field goal. And 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 for, for a big man, he can also get pretty good assists. So yeah. I, I think um, if he starts start to slide in the draft, I'd I'd happily get him. Um, I'd like to think he can get some some better health health this time around. Yeah. In, if we if we just cast our minds back back to the bubble, he was lighting the world on fire and got a lot of people, including myself, very excited about him. He was I think in our league last year, taken in the second round, if I'm not if I remember that correctly, or maybe the early third round. Um, but someone who was potentially someone that could have cracked the top 20 didn't happen, went completely the other way. Uh, but like you said, great assists for a big guy, solid rebounds, um, can hit a three here and there, good f- field goal percentage. He traditionally is a better free throw percentage than the 61% or 62% that he shot last year. He can get you the steals, he can get you good blocks. So just good at a lot of categories. We just didn't see it last year. So... To me, I'd be willing to sort of take the punt inside the top 50, um, sort of hedging my bets that he'll be back up there. But again, not not as high as I was taking him last season just because he he did disappoint uh, a fair bit last year. And um, the fact that they were playing Cantor and splitting the minutes with him a little bit does scare me in terms of their faith in, in him moving forward. So um, where would you be happy drafting him just at this stage? I think you nailed it. I think in the 50 kind of spectrum is yeah. uh, definitely where I'd have him. Yeah. Yeah, cool. We're, we're in sync here, Cal. We're, we're right on each other's wavelength. Let's go over to uh, Sacramento, our favorite non-playoff team, the Sacramento Kings. Um, shout out to all the Sacramento King fans out there. You're doing it tough. Feel for you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Davion Mitchell is one of their big inclusions, the draftee in the first round, as well as Tristan Thompson, I believe they signed also Alex Len as well and a couple other random centers, which is really, really weird. Um, they've lost Hassan Whiteside, so hooray. You've gotten rid of the worst part of the NBA off your roster. And that's it at this stage. So not a huge amount happening here. The Davion Mitchell, we talked about it in our draft videos. It was a bit of a weird signing um, because of Fox and Halliburton being there. What's going on at the small forward position? Do we think, firstly, do we think Halliburton starts? And secondly, if Halliburton does start, who starts a small forward? Is it is it Buddy Heald? Is it uh, Barnes? 
what what goes on there? It's, it's a good question. I um, I don't think he will start to begin the season, but I think he will start to end it. So I think he's a bit more of a an investment in that regard. Um, I don't know if they are going to try the the three guard lineup because they got off night. Let's not go. Let's not breeze over off night. Davion Mitchell. He could get some steals um, from a fantasy perspective. If, if any one of those guards goes down, if it's Tyrese or Darren Fox, I, I think Davion Mitchell is worth picking up on the waiver wire. But at this point in time, do not. I don't think he's worth a draft asset. No, I don't um, think so. Uh, look, may, maybe Dylan Wright could play a bit of the small forward. Um, oh, he, he's been um, he's been moved actually, so he's not he's oh, not he's there gone. anymore. Um, I guess maybe it is Buddy Heald right now. Yeah. I hate that though. Like that <laughs> to me, like, they were already the worst defense in the league. I know. Yeah, and now they got heels starting at small forward. Look, for that reason, I'm I'm now looking at this and I'm I'm thinking it is Barnes. I've heard a lot of bad things about Buddy Heald and trying to get traded. He obviously was in the rumors to be traded to the Lakers on draft night. Didn't happen. He's stuck on the roster right now, so he might be someone who's traded mid season. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. Although maybe it's just hard to move him because everyone doesn't think he's very good. I think I think personally Halliburton starts opening night, um, and now I'm thinking that it is Barnes who's going to be the starting small forward. Uh, again, not very exciting. Davion Mitchell will be like one of their sixth or seventh men off the bench, but you know I'm just not sold on his upside. Yes, he might get you a good amount of steals, a trickle of assists. So if that's something you want to stream in off the waiver wire, then feel free to do so. Not someone who I think has amazing upside, but like I said, if there is an injury, um, definitely someone I would probably pick up. Um, what about like Bagley? Him. Is Bagley worth picking up? No, nah. no, nah. nah. I'm out I, on Bagley. He's done. He, he, I, I've seen enough. He's he's not a good player. He will never be a good player. And it's just an unfortunate pick for the Kings when they could have had Luka Doncic or Jandre Ayton or Jaron Jackson Jr. or Trey Young, <laughs> any one of those players. You've got Marvin Bagley. So again, sorry. They for couldn't you. have had Ayton. I was say Ayton oh, was sorry, picked yeah. before it. You're right. You're right. Ayton, Ayton <laughs> was picked before him. So okay. Those other three great players you could have had, um, but anyway, sorry if you. I love Kings Holmes. I, I'll do a shout out, Rashul Holmes. I love his value. Um, he had an amazing season. I would be drafting him around the forty area because that's what he put up, and I can see him put up the same stats again. Yeah, I so reliable. Played sixty-one games. Yeah, I think it's a rinse and repeat season for Rashawn Holmes. I do love him. He's again a good, good percentage guy. Not going to hurt you in the free throws like a lot of other bigs will. So, uh, I do love me some Rashawn Holmes, and it was an excellent job by the Kings to re-sign him. So, that's a little bit of hope for the Sacramento Kings that they can keep their good players. Let's uh, move on to the second last team, the San Antonio Spurs. Couple of weird moves here by the Spurs. They've obviously had a, a draft pick in Josh Primo, which we questioned at the time. They've then gone and signed. Weird players like Zach Collins, Bryn Forbes, traded for Thaddeus Young. Um, they've lost DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, and Rudy Gay, obviously. So a few of the guys who've been on that team for a while have gone. What's what's going on here with the Spurs? Who uh, Obviously, you've got DeJounte Murray, who's probably their, their biggest piece at the moment. Outside of that, who, who else is sort of stepping up in this in this roster here with a couple of big names going? Yeah, I, I think the only real draftable guy would be DeJounte Murray and then I guess maybe Pirtle if that's what you want, like one of your last picks because he, he's still going to get minutes, I guess. But uh, outside of that, like I guess Thad Young could be a bit of a, does he start? a fantasy sleeper. Does he start for this team? Maybe. Maybe he does. Maybe one of either Keldon Vassell or 
Kelton, sorry, Devin Vassell or Kelton Johnson, maybe one of them comes off the bench, which mm. wouldn't surprise me a whole lot, and they'd start Thad. Look, if it was me running the organization, I wouldn't be starting Thaddeus Young. I think this team needs a rebuild. I think they need to start looking at youth and playing Kelton Johnson, playing Devin Vassell, playing the young kids. Um, but they don't usually operate like that over in San Antonio. They usually like to try and get some wins and see if they can make a push for the playoffs. And, and maybe if they don't, then they start to play the young kids. So I think that probably will be the way that they do go, uh, which worries me a little bit. So in that case, at small four, do you think it's Keldon Johnson or Devin Vassell starting? Um, I kind of prefer Keldon Johnson. Yep. I think... He was I actually the, like his game. He could be a sleeper candidate coming into this season. He was on the Team USA roster. Popovich was uh, was grooming him. He was he was making sure he was around all those other NBA stars. He, he'd probably if we're going to make a list of um you know potential you know outbreak seasons, he would be on it for me. Kelton Johnson. He, he was a big he was a big jump up last year. I sort of didn't really have him on my radar at all. And then um, someone in Ali picked him up, and I was like, who the fuck is Kelvin Kelvin Johnson? And then started playing really, really well, kept playing, dropped off towards the end of the season, but um, perhaps he he keeps going throughout the entire season. I do think you've slighted my boy here, Derek White, Callum. Um, I think he is someone who should be drafted, and I know he continually has this hype around him and always disappoints us, but surely when there's no DeMar DeRozan, there's no other passing players on this team. Derek White is the primary distributor because DeJounte Murray is not a great passer. That's not what he's there for. Yes, he's a point guard, but he's not... Derek White is the best passer on this team um, with both Mills and DeRozan gone. So I, I think I think you've got to draft Derek White. I mean, I, you take him later, you're not expecting top 50 like or top 60 like I have in the past. But, you know, I think he could definitely be top 100 player. I actually tend to really agree because even in the backup minutes, you, you have someone like um, Patty Mills going off the roster and they didn't yep. really bring in anyone except for Primo. So I think outside of him and DeJounte, they definitely will handle the ball a lot. That, I mean, Thaddeus Young's probably like your next best passer. Like that's that's the kind yeah. of level we're talking about here. Um, yeah, so I, I think you have to give heavy minutes to Derek White and you have to have the ball in his hands a fair bit. Um, so I'm probably two or three years early. But maybe this, <laughs> this is the year that Derek White breaks out, uh, just in time for him to turn 30 next year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all the Derek White fans out there. Well, um, I know he's got a lot of haters out there as well. Let's, let's move on to the last team. It's another fairly boring one. The Utah Jazz, they brought in Rudy Gay. They were the, uh, the lucky winners of the Hassan Whiteside sweepstakes. And they've also drafted Jared Butler in the second round. They've only given up George Niang. Um, so who do you think? I guess the only difference here is um, their power forward. Do you think Rudy Gay has the ability to come in here and start over? Um, who did they have last year? in the, the Russo, o- Russo O'Neill? Yeah, O'Neill. That was it. Yeah. Uh, I think O'Neill will still start because he is a good defensive player. And I think Rudy will come off the bench. Yeah. Um, and this probably do a bit more on the offense for, for that bench unit. Yep. Um, I wouldn't draft Rudy yet. I'd probably wait and see what his role is because um, I'm not too sure. I'm not too confident in it. But uh, yep. outside of that um, and outside of Royce O'Neill, I'd say all the, just like always, um, those starting four guys are definitely worth drafting. Yeah, look, I think I think it's a, a much the same for this team. I don't think there's really that much that changed at all. So that will do it for us today, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't checked out our Eastern Conference um, 
uh, breakdown for free agency, you can go over to the YouTube channel or check it out on any of the podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anything like that. Um, if you are listening along on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know who you think we forgot, who you think is going to be a breakout candidate this year. And we will catch you guys next time for some more fantasy goodness. Raiders. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.